Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Tuesday of the 29th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Do not forget that you had no Christ and were excluded from the membership of Israel, aliens with no part in the covenants with their promise. You were immersed in this world without hope and without God. But now in Christ Jesus, you that used to be so far apart from us have been brought very close by the blood of Christ. For he is the peace between us, and has made the two into one, and broken down the barrier which used to keep them apart, actually destroying in his own person the hostility caused by the rules and decrees of the Lord. This was to create one single new man in himself out of the two of them, and by restoring peace through the cross, to unite them both in a single body and reconcile them with God. In his own person, he killed the hostility. Later, he came to bring the good news of peace, peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near at hand. Through him, both of us have in the one spirit our way to come to the Father. So you are no longer aliens or foreign visitors. You are citizens like all the saints and part of God's household. You are part of a building that has the apostles and prophets for its foundations, and Christ Jesus himself for its main cornerstone. As every structure is aligned on him, all grow into one holy temple in the Lord, and you too, in him, are being built into a house where God lives in the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. 
I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Mercy and faithfulness have met. Justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. Alleluia, alleluia. Be watchful, pray constantly, that ye may be worthy to stand before the Son of Man. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, See that you are dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like men waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast, ready to open the door as soon as he comes and knocks. Happy those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. I tell you solemnly, he will put on an apron, sit them down at table, and wait on them. It may be in the second watch he comes, or in the third. But happy those servants, if he finds them ready. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a quick little gospel today. Uh, But I think it's important to remember where we've come from. Remember yesterday we had the parable about the bloke who, uh, you know, had a big harvest and had to tear down his barns and build bigger ones in order to accommodate the excess that he had. And then, of course, you know, God says, you're a fool because this very night the demand will be made for your life. Now, if you remember the tension that was present in that parable, the guy says, you know, I've got enough to last me my lifetime. So, you know, kick your feet up, eat, drink, enjoy yourself. And you see, this is what made him a fool. He had made the centre of his life things which weren't permanent. He would have to leave his money behind and the pleasures which he experienced were really ultimately empty. Because they were momentary, they actually had no future. Now, I think the gospel that we have today is kind of a variation on this theme. This theme about a tension between the present and the future. And so we get the gospel today about this servant whose master has gone to a wedding feast and he's waiting for his master to return. To be attentive for the return of the master rather than see the absence of the master as the normal state of affairs. He's still got to set about and do his work and get his job done. And so it's the present that makes the future possible. And the present which is asked to be lived is something which is challenging. It's something which asks for work, attentiveness. There's a sense of discipline and sacrifice about it because, you know, there are things that are easier, more enjoyable, or, you know, even things that we'd rather be doing. As the man in the parable said in the gospel yesterday, I'll say to my soul, take things easy, eat, drink, and have a good time. So it seems like there are two ways of living the present. 
I can either live the present in such a way that I, you know, cram as much pleasure and comfort as possible into the time that I have, but that won't carry me to the future. No, in order to receive the future which is prepared for us, it requires preparation, attentiveness, vigilance. As Jesus says in the Gospel today, see that you are dressed for action and have your lamps lit, waiting for the Master. Look, I don't know if you remember, but last week in the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians, we heard about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And the last fruit which he lists is the fruit of self-control. Now, it doesn't sound especially exciting, really, does it? Um, But self-control is actually essential. What's being described in the parable yesterday and, and the parable again today is the reality that Life doesn't happen to us by accident, that we don't arrive at the destination to which we're tending simply by doing whatever we want, because there seems to be a kind of tension between the way that we live the present and the kinds of things that our passions sort of look for, uh, and the future that we actually hope to receive. The owner of the land says, hey, look, you know, eat, drink, take things easy. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? And yet, that's not what's going to get him to the destination. Same too with this servant. He may think, look, kick your heels up, do whatever you like. And yet, that's not what's going to get him to the destination. You see, for the servant, he might think that the absence of the master is actually just the normal state of affairs, but it's not. Living with the master, that is the normal state of affairs. So, fit yourself for the life which you're going to live, not just the one which you have right now. And simply giving full expression to every passion that comes to us actually won't get us to that destination. So, what do we need? We need, brace yourself, self-control. Self-control is the ability for us to set a course, to evaluate our passions and to decide how to order them toward the final destination, toward the goal to which we tend. But there's a tension, right? There's a tension between what is immediate and what I really want. Right there is the tension, because, you know, the things that I want to do right here, right now, aren't always the very things that are going to bring me to... aren't always going aren't always the very things that are going to bring me to the kind of life that I ultimately want to live. Um, And so there's a certain element of discipline, a certain element of self-control, whereby I need to take the immediate experience of my passions and point them in the direction of what I really want. You know what? Today might be a great day to sleep in, a great day to stay in your PJs and binge watch a bit of Netflix. And yet... That's not exactly going to lead me to the kind of life that I ultimately want to have. I mean, is the goal of my life, I mean, is the goal that at the end of my life I can say I've finished the Netflix catalogue? Nothing wrong with a bit of entertainment, but it's not what my life's about. And so there are times when I need to be able to moderate my passions because they don't seem to come to me in an ordered fashion, which leads me to the kind of life that I really want to lead. So there are times when I've got to be able to say no. And the thing that enables me to be able to take my passions and order them toward the kind of life that I really want to lead 
That's self-control. And here's the irony. Self-control is freedom. It's the ability to be able to choose. Because I tell you what, the more we feed the passions that are a bit unruly, that are a bit disorderly, the harder it is for us to direct them to what we really want. And so our lives kind of become a little bit of a self-betrayal. I sell out what I want most deeply with my heart to that which I want most immediately through my passions. Now, here's the thing, right? That starts to sound like a bit of, you know, drudgery. Who really wants to deal with discipline? And yet, I think the thing that Jesus reveals in the parable today is that, in fact, being ready, being dressed for action and having our lamps lit, is what makes possible the very thing that we desire the most. Jesus says, happy those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. You know, a lot easier just to fall asleep and and to, you know, kick your heels up. And yet, the ones who are vigilant are the ones who are happy. Why? Because the coming of the master will see him put on an apron, sit them down at table, and wait on them. It turns out that what feels like slavery is, in fact, the very thing that we most deeply seek to, in fact, kick our heels up and be with the master. So what is it that makes it possible then for us to take ourselves in hand and order our immediate desires toward that which we really, truly seek? It's hope. When we have hope and look with expectation to the coming of the master, then we're able to stay vigilant. We're able to stay awake. We're able to be ready. Because why would I give up what I most truly want for something which is immediate but empty? God has given me the gift of freedom precisely so that I could string together all these individual moments into one consistent plan of life. And that self-control means then that, you know, I'm not just a leaf blowing in the wind, unable to set a course, unable to direct myself. The vigilance which Jesus points towards in the gospel today and and also yesterday is not predicated on the fact that, you know, we don't want to be caught out by the master who could come at any moment. No, it's actually good news because it enables us to be truly free, to take our lives and to direct them to what counts the most. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, We dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, 
I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.